Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Maths Hysteria, a podcast all about Married at First Sight with me, Omar Abid. And I'm glad to say I'm joined by my regular friend and co-host, Kelly Rickard. Hello, Kelly. Hello, I missed you. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> That's where you're supposed to say it back. Well, what I was going to say was that, you know, you asked for space and I'm respecting that, so I don't see why. You... <laughs> Uh, no, I missed you as well. It was uh, it was lovely and great fun to do it with Lara, as always. Do the podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great to have you back, even if it is over Zoom, because you've been busy. What have you been doing? Oh, I'm, I'm so busy. I don't know my bottom from my elbow at the moment. But also the other thing concerning me is that Lara looks so beautiful in our trailers. Like for the Zoom meet, she looks beautiful and you've just got me halfway through the work day I've literally just kind of tucked my boobs back into my bra because they'd popped out in all the excitement of running up to the meeting <laughs> <laughs> I know I said that that like she was really glammed up and everything and I'm wearing one of my extensive range of navy blue slash black hoodies <laughs> I mean it made a difference from your stand comedy club t-shirt that you'd like to wear yeah I know I've got to look back through some of our photos I seem to I seem to really enjoy that, that one as well <laughs> I really need some more clothes it's my birthday coming up so you know if anyone wants to send me some some clothes, maybe we could have oh, a sponsorship with uh, Stitch Fix or whoever, you know. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. I don't know. I'm quite particular, actually. You know, surprisingly, but it's just I'm I'm more function over over style. So, I mean, I'm normally style over function, but I, I don't know what's happened today. I just, I mean, 
I've got my hair done like Cam. Cam kind of does that whole harassed mum look really well with his messy man bun, bun doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of channeling that today. How how are you finding it generally? Because obviously we didn't catch up last week. Well, this is our first chat about it, isn't it? So I have been frantically trying to watch episodes in the evening. Last night I watched four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I came in from work, put the children to bed, and then watched four episodes of Maths before going to sleep at one. So, uh, yes, I really like it, but I don't know if it's me being a bit sleep deprived. What happened to the honeymoons? Where were they? Did we see? It was like weddings. Oh, we're at the first dinner party. That's what it felt like to me. Did it feel like that to you? It felt like partly that, but more that a lot of couples we'd, we've barely seen anything of. Uh, so yeah. and so, I wonder what happened on the honeymoons. For example, Duncan and Alyssa, they, we saw their wedding, and the next time we saw them, they were saying, "I think I could fall in love with you. I think I could fall in love <laughs> with you." It was like, "What the hell has happened on that honeymoon? I don't think I saw any of it." So, <laughs> some magical honeymoon. Yeah, I felt exactly the same. And there was a couple of times last night where I was like, "Who's she again? Which one's she?" And I don't, I don't normally feel like that. So I'm glad you kind of agreed with me on that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of chat online and just amongst uh, actual people who I talk to that it's very difficult to differentiate between all the blonde women in this year's series. Yeah, there's a lot of very conventionally beautiful, white-teethed, blonde-haired female activity yeah. going on. I know, I know you hate them, don't you? I don't. I love women. I'm a champion of other women. Well, okay. With that, I think that's a good way to lead us into our first couple. Where we're going to start is with Melissa and Josh. Sex-crazed Melissa. Oh, I know. Go on, you go first. You you say what you think first. I think, right, I wanna, from the outset, I feel sorry for Josh. He's a nice guy. He's clearly conservative. He didn't want to talk about sex a lot publicly, which is strange when you're coming onto national TV and you know what the, you know what the show is. You know, they're obviously going to ask you. The re I don't know why he chose to lie, lie instead of talk to Melissa and say, when they ask me about sex, I'm going to say, oh, a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell, you know, that kind of thing. So that was a mistake that he made. But since then, she has been really pushing how much she wants sex. And it's I get that it's important to her, but to have it as like part of a five-year plan, I, I understood why he was upset. A five-year plan is like, I want to have a house. I want my career to be at this point. Not something you... Sex is something you would consider sort of day-to-day -day intimacy you shouldn't have to factor that in you know what I mean like so it's weird that she keeps pushing that and the fact that she when she said she didn't know what he does for a job I, it, was, it was absolutely shocking I couldn't believe it yeah because I, I was all I was watching this last night and I was all ready to come on and kind of defend her because I think what we've got to remember is so she's she's my age and our generation of women was very much brought up to think men are always going to want to have sex with anyone and everything. And that's just the way it is traditionally. And 
if they don't want to have it with you, there's something wrong with you. And then she's been in, as she said, a sexless marriage. So her self-esteem is going to be on the floor. And there's nothing that's going to make a woman fixate on sex more than a man that doesn't want it. Because in our brains, that's like, but you're supposed to want it with me all the time. But then I, I was ready to defend her in that way. And then when she didn't know what his job was, I was like, right, that's indefensible. Like, how do we, how do we defend the woman now? Well, yeah, and, you know, he read out that really heartfelt letter. <gasps> and she she seemed quite unmoved by it. It was really weird, that, because he'd admitted to being really lonely. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a point where they can agree and connect, because she's going to have been lonely as well. And instead, she was just like, right, anyway, on to my orgasms. Um, I'm going to need to have this many a day for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the thing that's making me really laugh is he's clearly just to even look at him a really unsexual person and I don't mean not sexually attractive I mean he's not the alpha male he's not like highly sexualized being he's just a nice guy who wants companionship and he wants to watch Disney films with his family and I just I think I don't know how she looked at him and thought yeah he's going to be a sex god he's going to match me well, you know, though, he did say that behind closed doors, he he attends to his woman. <laughs> you know I mean? Is that what he said? Was that the exact word? <laughs> he didn't quite put it in those words, but he said, you know, I I treat um, my wife the way a husband should treat. He throws down, you know, he, he'll do he'll do what he <laughs> needs to do. What do you think he's into? What do you think his main move is? Uh, dressing up as Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> Yeah, um, but what, I, I, I do know what you mean, though, about his... I find him unintentionally hilarious. Like, oh, he is. When he was saying, I'm a sex object, and he, he is being treated like a sex object, but it just really made me laugh, the look on his face and the way he said it. And also when he, when he was clearly angry, and he goes, yeah, you know, I am out of my mind angry right now. Yeah, in like the most placid and angry voice ever. <laughs> yeah. And he just he had to go get a glass of water while they were having a having a chat. Like it, you know, some people are just like that. I'm not an angry person. When I'm I'm not intimidating or like I don't have those violent eruptions of, of anger. So when when I do get angry, I, I seethe. If I try and be intimidating, like with another bloke or something, it's fucking embarrassing. There's no there's no point in me doing it because it's just comical. They would just laugh in my face. <laughs> or if I, I'm not, you know, if Claire and I argue, we don't shout and scream at her because it's just, it's just not in me that kind of that. Kind yeah. Of... No, and I think it's, I, I think it's not in him as well, and maybe we're not being very fair laughing at him. But when when they first introduced that couple, I thought, oh, this is this series sacrificial lambs. Like there she is, she's sex mad. He just wants to put Toy Story on. It's going to be. They're just there for comedy value. But then on the wedding day. I felt like she went into it with the attitude of anyone could be at the end of that aisle and, I, and I'm going to have sex tonight. Anyone. I'm going to make this work. This is the... Uh, did you feel that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the general thing is she has over-prioritised how important sex is to her because she's come from a sexless marriage. Yeah. I can totally understand it, but she just needs... She, she needs... 
a shag. Like it's not that, it's not that big a thing. She's making too big a thing of it. What do you think, right? There's a there's a thing going around on Twitter and and or social media about her, and I wanted to to get your thoughts on this. People are going, oh, this is terrible. It's terrible the way she's acting. If the roles were reversed, imagine imagine the outcry. Imagine you know. What do you think of that that argument? Oh, well, that argument frustrates me because it's always the argument when it's a woman that wants sex. It's like, oh, if the shoe was on the other foot. It's exactly what we had with the British series with Gemma and Tattoo Face Guy. Like, it just frustrates me because it's not. It's not. The roles aren't reversed. We are looking at a man and a woman. So there is a difference. She has been brought up differently to him. It... I'm going to get myself in trouble again here, aren't I? But I'm not saying that she couldn't hurt him or that she couldn't physically uh, that she couldn't physically pin him down. I'm not saying that. But I am saying we've got to remember that they come from these different gender roles. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, but that's why it... I don't that's why I don't go on Twitter because <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, we've sort of generally apportioned the roles that you go on Instagram because it's a bit nicer and I go on Twitter because I like I like the aggro. <laughs> yeah, you handle the aggro well. You're really good at it. And, oh, thank uh, you. And then I play on Instagram. Well, no, I totally agree with you because it, it's that argument of oh, if, if they swap places, imagine the outcry. That argument only holds water if the two people swapping are in exactly the same situation. But men and women aren't in the same situation it's like uh the n-word debate like when some white people say oh well black people use the n-word but if i used it then imagine the the outcry that there would be it's like yeah because your whole relationship with that word is totally different to theirs because of the way they've been brought up with it society this that the other and you know people say people are saying things like oh she's a sex pest she's a predator it's all this it's like calm down you know what I mean? She's not. There's not going to be a Netflix true crime documentary about how she <laughs> raped Josh on the set of Married at First Sight Australia. It's I like, know. Just her bitchy friends going, "Oh, she'll eat him alive." She'll eat. Oh, she's going to eat him alive. That's that's just the go-to phrase for a woman that likes sex, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so frustrating. And also, you've explained that so much better than me. I told you you'd have to bring me back from a tangent <laughs> today. <laughs> there's only going to be two possible outcomes is that maybe with the help of the experts, she'll realise she's over-prioritising sex. Put that on the back burner a little bit and their relation, potentially good relationship will develop. Or Josh will think, oh my God, she's she's too much, she's sex-crazed. And then they'll, they'll go their separate ways. There's not going to be, and this isn't to say that men can't, uh, sorry, women can't abuse men. Well, let's look at those two specifically. Nothing that physically or mentally traumatic is going to happen to him. It's like she wants to sleep with him. He's not as fussed. That'll be the end. And I think the problem with the relationship now is there's there's something in all of us that desire is based on lack. We want what we can't have. And so her continually, continually being like, let's have sex. When are we having sex? Can we talk about sex? It's, It's going to make him recoil I think and 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 that would be the same I think the other way around that would be the same if you had a man continually pestering the woman for sex she would recoil because it's 
you, you want there to be a little bit of push and pull and a little bit of, is it going to happen, isn't it? And just knowing that it's going to happen all day, every day for the next five years kind of takes the excitement out of it a bit. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of leads back into that um, thing that you said where a lot of women think men just want to have sex constantly because that's the, that's the way, as, as a man, you're brought up thinking it's all about like, yeah, I've got to be, got to be able to go all the time. And it's like, that's not, sometimes I just want to watch telly. <laughs> yeah so have you would it put you off if you were with a woman that was like Melissa in that way potentially I mean she's been she's yeah it's sort of it's it'd feel like a chore yeah I'm, that's never good yeah an obligation to be fulfilled so that then I can have some downtime you know you shouldn't you should want to be want to be doing it you know I know I, but I mean one thing in Melissa's favour, I was really impressed with it, that she was man- kind of managed to get over the Toy Story pyjamas. Like, she <laughs> saw him lying there with those on, and instead of thinking, oh, God, no, I can't do this tonight, she was just like, no problem. Do you know, which, what do you want me in? Do you want me in this black lace number or naked? Like, yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, that's impressive. Yeah, well, she definitely wanted to get some that night, didn't she? Next big debate. Did Claire cheat on Jesse with Adam? Or did Adam cheat on Janelle with Claire? If you know what I mean. They're both involved, as someone pointed out to me on Twitter. It's not just Claire's fault if they did, if they did do something. I did a poll before before you answer. Um so we'll see which side you come you come down on first. I think they potentially left together and there's been some flirtation and but I don't think they fully cheated on their partners yet. Yeah. However, however, from Claire's point of view, if she had cheated on Jesse, I would totally understand why. <laughs> Go on, what what's your problem with Jesse? Oh, by the way, 53% thought that they had cheated. What do you think? I think she did. And you mean full sex? I don't know about full sex, but enough that it's not, it's beyond flirtation. I think something physical happened, yeah. Tongues. <laughs> we need to be clear on what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my issue with Jesse is I don't think he's very well mentally. His thought processes don't make any sense to me. And I I also think he's incredibly rude so the wedding day, there was such an amazing chemistry between them and they really fancied each other. And then she mentioned crystals and he looked at her like she just stabbed his cat. It was like, all right, you're not into star sign chicks. We get it. But you don't need to look at her like that. And just so mean to her. And all right, he was kept hidden in a cupboard by his last girlfriend for two years. Okay, <laughs> that's going to damage your self-esteem. But let's move on. I don't know. I, I totally get why she would have been flirting with somebody else because he's, he's he's just a very dark intense mysterious confusing character I, I really enjoyed his performance at the at the dinner party where he's in the pressure cooker being grilled and he just wasn't giving him much and it was because he was socially awkward which I can understand in that in that situation but I really enjoyed him just because what else is he meant to say his problem with her is is that he finds her annoying they might have the same values, a perfect match and all the big things that matter, 
But if he can't, you know, just sit down and have a drink with her and not be wound up by her, then how else is, is there a polite way to say that, you know? Oh, this, you can definitely be nicer about it than he was. Yeah, you, you definitely. can. There are, you know, the stock phrases that the other ones use, or I don't think the chemistry's quite there, or, you know, those phrases. He didn't need to be like, shush. <laughs> I mean, that would have triggered me. Oh. But do, you, do you think, right, so you think, sorry, you think there's been flirtation, but nothing more yet. So you think... Flirt, that flirtation... Maybe a cheeky little kiss, almost kiss. I mean, something may have happened because of Adam's reaction to the show your phone task. That made me think, oh my Lord, that man has got something to hide. So maybe it's what happened with Claire that he was hiding. Um, but Claire seems very, like, quite a decent person. So I don't know if anything has happened. I don't think it's anything that bad. It's an unpopular opinion, but I think I prefer Jesse to, to Claire. <gasps> <laughs> I think Jesse's he's getting a little bit of a hard time here because yes, he's been a dick, but he's not been I'm surprised the the, the level of, of hatred for Jesse, to be honest. Oh, what, like, what from me or from social media? No, from from, from social media. He's, he's undoubtedly been a dick and he definitely could have said things in a nicer way. Also, that you, you mentioned the, the phone the phone thing. I think you're being unfair to Adam. The reason he didn't want to to look through Janelle's phone was to protect the integrity of her bridesmaids chat. Yeah, the bridesmaid chat. He was ever so concerned about that bridesmaids chat. And I have never seen relief like it. The relief that flooded his face when she went, yeah, it's fine. We, no, you're right. We don't have to check each other's phones. It's fine. Yeah. His face. Oh, he's so yeah. dodgy. I knew he was dodgy with that flaky fake job malarkey that was going on. <laughs> Yeah, the podcast, which you know, yeah, those in glass houses. But <laughs> yeah, she she really fell for that. Oh, if we trust each other, we don't need to check each other's phones. You only met him five minutes ago. Yeah, I, she's so lovely, but I think quite naive. Unless underneath it, she kind of thought, yeah, he's got something to hide, and I'm not ready to see what that is. So I haven't been on social media at all because of all the work I've been doing. So I I don't know about this reaction to Jesse. And now I'm panicking that I've been too mean if he's already having a hard time on social media. So what kind of things have people been saying? Things that he he often deserves that he's unkind, you know, he's mean, he's rude. I think he re reminds a lot of people of their various ex-partners or something, just that in the way he has delivered some of his uh, some of his issues. But yeah, it's, it's the same with with any, with any participant. The same the stuff with Melissa. I agree she, as I've said many times, over-prioritises sex. But that doesn't mean she's like a prostitute and stuff, you know. Yeah. Her a and if she was Omar, that would be fine. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I took you to school there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. It's always extreme reactions one way, one way or another, and rarely deserved, except for maybe in the case of Harrison. Oh, yeah. Harrison and Bronte. Go on, because we've not heard from you on this. This was the big story last week, and it's he's carrying on this week, really. I think I'm going to surprise you here, but I think the the reaction to, oh, he had somebody on the outside, was naive at best. Like, there's nothing to say that they can't, they can't have had sex with somebody the night before they go in there. 
as long as they are as long as they're not once they're in there so do you know at the dinner party it kept being brought up that oh but as soon as you knew you were going on the program you should have ended all relationship I, I don't know if I agree with that I think it's naive to think that they all did however if he did say I'm still going to see you throughout the process and we'll still be together and what if we make a baby then that's harder to forgive okay that's fair because he said he's just been shagging around basically and yeah if, if that's it's not obviously a committed relationship, but we don't know the extent of that relationship really with the girl outside. It's hard hard to know from what we've seen on Married at First Sight. But what about the way he's, he's treated Bronte since the marriage, since the wedding? Oh, well, that's just textbook gaslighting. Textbook. Every time she's tried to bring anything to the table that he might have done wrong, he's just switched it right back on her. Um and in, in quite a shocking way, actually. And I mean, obviously, the sex thing, I think I probably agree with Lara that it was a case of he wasn't able able to see it through to the end. But even that was, instead of, say, talking about it, it was just like, well, I don't fancy you. You're the problem. I need to fancy you. I, just, I mean, I, I, it worries me that it's taken us so long to see it. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to think about now is that she's she keeps falling into the same the same trap. And when he flipped it of like, what are you doing to what are you bringing to the relationship? I'm fighting for us. <laughs> and she she totally is like, well, well, I'm here. I'm like trying. I know. I don't even entertain the question. It's like, yeah, it's really. And he's also, I'm not sure how bright he is. I'm not. Because sometimes I feel like he doesn't follow conversations or what anyone's saying or asking him or what the problem is. It's just he's yeah, he's an odd one. Do you think they're going to be they're going to be in it for a while, or do you think there'll be an early exit? I think if they are in it for a while, it'll be because they're purposefully trying to stay on TV. Right. I don't think they're going to be in it for a while because they both think it actually has potential. Mm-hmm. Did you Why does he keep buying her cake? What is that about? I love that. I put that on Twitter where she was like, do you want to have a chat? And it's like, well, I bought you the cake, so I didn't think we'd have to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it was Harrison sat in front of me, I'd rather have the cake than a chat with him. So I get it. A lot of people pointed out that the cake looked like boob as well. Yeah, boob cake. (laughs) Did you enjoy (laughs) Melinda of Melinda and Leighton taking him to task at the dinner party? Yeah, I did. So I imagine that she's not loved on social media, Melinda, but there's definitely an element to her that I recognise in myself. That kind of doesn't suffer fools gladly, spots a liar a mile off, uh, cynical. I've got all those lovely elements in my character as well. (laughs) But yeah, I really enjoyed her taking him to task. I did. Somebody needed to. There was actually quite a big turnaround because from the wedding, a lot of people hated her. Uh, oh, right, okay. She didn't like, you know, she didn't trust Leighton, thought it was a facade when he was clearly just a polite guy who works too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's then... exactly what I'm like, though, especially at the beginning of a relationship. Like, if somebody's nice to me, I'm like, what? what's happening here? What's wrong with him? Is Has he got a personality <laughs> disorder? <laughs> but then as soon as she, she started um, going for Harrison... People like actually she might be all right, and she sort of changed her opinion slightly on Melissa. 
saying that she'd given us some good advice at the dinner party. So, you know, maybe it was just, yeah, initial initial nerves and uh, walls up at the wedding. Walls up, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've not seen much of her in Leighton, another one where we barely saw the honeymoon or anything like that. So yeah, there's not really much to say about them, I guess. Another big moment, which people were screaming at the TV, Shannon and Caitlin. Oh my God. Oh my God, that poor girl. That was brutal. So brutal. So brutal. And I mean, I could, I feel for him as well, because he's clearly heartbroken and stuck in some kind of toxic pattern. But what's she meant to do with that? And do we know, right, because this was because this was another one of the honeymoons that they really glossed over. Do we know if they've had sex yet? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Because I, I was know. just thinking, oh, oh, if they've been intimate and they've been and then all of a sudden he's turned around, and he's got his head in his hands and he's crying actual tears that I think I still love my ex. I just my heart went out to her. And, and then when she was like, this happens to me all the time. I was like, oh, that was really bad on top of the. The photo, the the hotness ranking. Exercise. Oh my god! Oh yes, that one was almost more shocking. There was just a complete lack of empathy. Having just said, they'd just shown the bit with his with the experts where Mel had told him the way to tell you truth without being a dick is one word: empathy. And then he's just like, "I've seen, I've seen you without makeup on, and they've got, I've seen, only seen them with makeup on. Their natural beauty shines through more than yours." <laughs> It's honestly probably one of the worst things you could ever say to a woman in the society that we live in, where we're brought up and there's so much importance on our looks to say their natural beauty. Because that's that's a double whammy. That's like you're not attractive. And also you like who you are as a person, your actual aura, the, the nature of you is not attractive. Uh, see, the, the, that activity always blows my mind because I'm not saying, oh, I'm the kindest person in the world, but surely the decent thing to do is to put your partner first. I've got, it's common sense, isn't it? It's just common yeah. sense. You know, it's like when you're sat watching the TV and, I don't know, Idris Elba comes on. I don't say to Nick, God, he's so much hotter than you. It's just, just put the picture first of the well, one you're with. Well, with that, with that thing... Ollie and Tani handled it well. They made it a yeah. bit of a laugh. Like they were saying, oh, she's she's into sugar daddies and I'm the youngest one here. You know, they made it a bit of, bit of a laugh and they both put each other first. Yeah. It's, like, it's not it's not rocket science how to do it. But he was like, he had his finger on his chin. He's like really considering it. And then when he started moving, I thought, oh, he's going to put a first now. That's, that's good. And then he started moving him back down the, the rankings. You're but, right, you know, it was it was his whole manner. It was the stroking of the chin, the length of time he took over it. It was so, it was like he had a knife in a heart and he was just slowly <laughs> twisting it. It was so brutal. Yeah, that was that was tough to watch. I, I, I don't know why she would stay in it when he's in that condition. He's clearly just too, too hung up on his ex. And he maybe thought he could come in here and like, um, that'd be drawing a line in the sand under it, but it's obviously, obviously not the case. Um, Ollie and Tani, though, I mentioned, I think they're just going along nicely, 
discussing whether to use electric toothbrush or normal toothbrush and like they're just having a, a lovely time yeah I really feel their youth do you know what I mean I feel like they're so young and they've got no baggage and you know there's no horrible exes or dark secrets that we know of yet they're just like you say trundling along he reminds me of a John Hughes character from like an 80s sort of rom-com yeah. um they're, they're likable enough I'm not, they're not nothing exciting's happening yet no but i don't know if it will i think they're just going to go along giggling keeping themselves to themselves not get caught up in the drama which i'll be i enjoy it when they come on screen i enjoy i enjoy watching them it's a it's a nice break from the toxicity it is and uh, ollie's teeth i could just watch ollie's teeth they're phenomenal aren't they? so <laughs> white and straight the other cheating debate this week was Duncan and Alyssa. She said in her confessions that she'd been complicit in an extramarital affair. Oh, uh, Judgy like- Duncan. Dear God, she didn't cheat on him. That was so over the top. Did you think? Oh, my, yes. I hate this. I hate this when they judge people on something they've done previously because people change all the time. People grow up. People go through trauma. People meet other people. We are changed all the time as we grow. And to think that because she cheated once years ago, um, that but it was the way he took on the hurt of the cheat himself. He just was like staring up at the ceiling like his world had fallen apart. And it was like, she didn't cheat on you. Yeah, that's true. It probably was an overreaction. But then he did he did come back the next day and and say that, that like, you know, people change and make mistakes and and she did rather than adam who basically said i've made loads of mistakes in his wedding vows she did it yeah, what are they <laughs> what? so that so we know that he's cheated but the, the loads of mistakes plural made me think he's just cheated every time which yeah. is very different to somebody that's had one mistake we're never gonna know now because janelle didn't look through his phone so the other thing is that um she's a mormon what's her name one of the blondes? Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa's a Mormon. So, like, did you not grow up with thinking that having loads of partners was normal? Well, maybe. I mean, I, I don't feel fully um, apprised of the Mormon religion. It's basically based on what I've seen in South Park and the Book of Mormon. So yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I've, I've probably just said something horribly offensive there. Sorry that's... to the Mor- the Mormon community that we have following us. Got a big following in Utah, actually, Kelly, so I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> right, Sandy and Daniel. This one, I felt I felt this one, being Asian myself. This was... Oh, my God, I bet you did. I, bet, I mean, I love them anyway, and I love her. She's one of my favourites in it. But when, when she read out her letter about how awful people were to her at school, I just... I mean, yeah, I mean, were, were you all right listening to it? Yeah, it was annoying. It's hard to understand. They've got very thick accents, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. But the thing is, that's the typical experience of, of an Asian person in a predominantly Caucasian society. It's just that standard name calling. And everybody has their own cross to bear. Like we were talking about, you know, women before or gay people or if you, you know, if you autistic or you know, everybody's got as i said last series that everybody has their own spoonful of shit to eat uh and in her case 
like that's a common common thing just you know low level day-to-day racism like that i hope we kind of move past that though because i still don't feel we really know it. i think i like her but all that's been yeah. discussed really is her culture you're right it's almost ironically the portrayal of her is quite is quite racist because that's all they're focused on is you know uh here she is the the Asian girl and oh what a hard time she's had as an Asian girl and she approaches this relationship as an Asian girl from an Asian you're right like it would be nice to get to know her now yeah exactly there's these last few we've spoken about really and the reason we've left them to the second half of the episode is just because there's not much to say about them they we've, they've gone from wedding to now we've we're at the first commitment ceremony coming up in the next episode. And we don't really know how they interact. We're still talking about, um, well, the last people to talk about, Lyndall and Cameron. Sir Cystic Fibrosis, Cameron brought that up at the dinner party in front of the other guys, which I hope he sort of had her consent to do that. Maybe she should have told people. But they seem nice enough, but we don't know much about them either, you know. But my instinct with Lyndall and Cameron, I, I absolutely love them. I'm so happy when they come on screen. Uh, I really, it feels very genuine to me the way they are together. And I feel like they really fancy each other. And I feel like they're kind to each other. I mean, he can be a little bit silly and alpha male sometimes. Like when he was showing off to the other lads about, oh, she makes me a cup of tea and I get a back scratch. I was like, oh, shut up. But like, for the most part, I really like them. Yeah, I do too. I do, I do think when we do learn more about them and see how they actually interact, um, I think I'm going to continue to like them like them even more. Lyndall's got a big role to play in this commitment ceremony. It seems like she's got a bit of a bombshell to drop, maybe about the uh, Claire and Adam situation. Maybe it'll turn out she doesn't have cystic fibrosis. After all, who knows? That's horrific. I can't <laughs> believe you've said that. Good way to get on telly. That's horrendous. I, also, this wonder drug, which does is amazing, phenomenal, but do they want to mention it anymore? I swear some kind of weird product placement going on. Okay, so that's this week's episode. I think there's a lot of lot of drama to come. I'm, like I say, I can't wait to see what happens at this commitment ceremony. Which one of the judges is going to go after Harrison? I mean, it's got to be one of the women, isn't it? Yeah, I think, Mel, I've got a feeling it's going to be all three of them because John seems to have been a little bit kinder to the girls this time so far. I don't know why you don't like John, he's fine. I didn't say I didn't like him, I just said he's a horrible misogynist. <laughs> no, I don't know that. I think I think from something we've heard from a source that he's told to speak like that to the women sometimes by an earpiece. Right. Some info there. We'll see, we'll see what comes up next week. But next week's episode, we're going to be back together in person, aren't we? Yay! Should we have a drink? <laughs> God, you can tell you've had a hard week. <laughs> oh God, I, I need this to be over. Honestly, I need this fortnight to be over. But yeah, I'm excited to be back in person talking about all this really important deep stuff that we talk about. Um, it'll be it'll be fun. It's much nicer to do it in person, I think. So if uh, you enjoy our podcast, please follow us at Maths Hysteria on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, but for this week, I've been Omar Abid. <laughs> Shit, I forgot who I was then. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so sorry. I'll be back on form next week. I have been a version of Kelly Rickard. 
And until next week, we'll give you the space you requested. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.